I know this nightmare that you are living. I lived it too. I know the daily pain of trying to matter, trying to be good enough, trying to somehow magically find peace in your world, a peace that just does not exist. In this intense nightmare, that beautiful heart of yours separates from your head. It simply just can't take the pain anymore. It's an experience of complete disconnection. Logically, you know what's going on, but your heart just shuts down. It doesn't work anymore. This is a level of internal exhaustion that is like no other. Your heart is so incredibly hurt by the one person who is supposed to be your greatest ally, the one who's supposed to have your back, to stand by your side no matter what, the one from whom you expected the greatest amount of safety and love, the one who said, I do. Yet this is the one who has brought you to me today. The one who has created so much intense pain inside of you has led you to Google words like emotional abuse, toxic relationships, why is my husband or wife so mean to me, or even the word narcissism itself. People in healthy relationships, you know, they just don't Google words like that. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. And I want to share some very exciting news with you today. We are brand new on TikTok. You know, I never imagined I would even be running a podcast. And yet, here I am. And you guys are amazing. The audience is just, we're just, we're reaching around the world. And it blows me away every day. But now we're on TikTok? Well, check it out. I would love to see you there. You can search for us at The Covert Narcissism Podcast or at Renee Swanson, followed by the number one, and that's all put together. Renee Swanson, R-E-N-E-E-S-W-A-N-S-O-N, and the number one. I hate it for every single person who listens to my podcast or comes to me through my Zoom door in sessions. For everyone who understands this nightmare that I lived, I thought I was so alone, and now I'm learning that I really, truly was not alone. It's a nightmare full of sleepless nights, waterfalls of tears and complete loneliness, intense desperation, hopelessness, total exhaustion. I'm so glad that you have found a refuge, a place of support and understanding, and I'm just thrilled that I can offer the things that I offer, the Facebook group that's you know devoted to covert narcissism, uh, victims of covert narcissism. And if you are looking for that further support, come find us. You know, that is a Facebook group it's called Covert Narcissism Group. It's a private Facebook group full of victims just like you. So come find us. And if you have any questions, just shoot me an email. I'm Renee, R-E-N-E-E, -E, at cnglifecoaching.com. You know, ideally, in a healthy and peaceful world, your mind and body, they function as one. They cooperate with, with each other. Safe communication leads to spontaneous life. But this is not the case when you're living with a covert narcissist. There is a distinct mind-body disconnection. When you go through a strong traumatic experience, your mind disconnects from your body as a protective measure. Your mind recognizes the pain, but it protects your heart and thus your body from experiencing it. It shields you from feeling the full effect of that trauma. And this is a coping mechanism. 
a survival skill that gets us through some of the worst nightmares that we've ever, you know, can imagine. Well, when you are with a covert narcissist, you are experiencing this kind of trauma every day of your life. You are blamed and guilted for everything. You experience gaslighting and silent treatments. You live in daily fear of their anger, their rage, their judgment, disappointment, their blame and guilting. Walking on eggshells is absolutely a form of living every day for you in a trauma environment. Well, you just can't take this. Nobody can. Your heart and your mind, they disconnect in order to save you. This allows you to avoid those intense feelings, usually feelings of pain, guilt, shame, helplessness, fear. It's an escape from reality, a coping mechanism. However, when this occurs often, and I said this is happening daily, over time it leaves you frequently and completely out of touch with reality. Eventually, you begin to even doubt your own self-perception, your identity, your sense of reality. This trauma is magnified by the person who is delivering it. You know, it would be one thing to be treated badly by a stranger on the streets. You know, or someone in your past that you didn't like, maybe an ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend. But this, this pain is caused by the one individual who is supposed to love you no matter what, to have your back and be on your side. Yet this person is the one that's causing you to repeatedly feel unsafe and under attack. The cognitive dissonance is massive. It's a mental discomfort of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, and attitudes. Holding conflicting beliefs at the same time. He loves me, but he treats me like he hates me. Your mind and your heart are intense disagreement. Your mind says he loves me, but your heart hates him for the pain he's causing. Or on a different day, your heart and your mind switch roles. Now your heart feels the love, but your mind remembers all the meanness and all the intense ugliness. Under these circumstances, that disconnect that happens makes complete sense. So what do you do? Well, most of us, we work extra hard to fix it. You know, no one wants to live in this kind of environment and being the fixers that we are in life, we dig in and we work hard. Speaking for so many victims of covert narcissistic abuse, we have worn ourselves out trying to make the world better for them. Maybe if I can just keep the peace more, maybe if I can be more perfect, if, if I can anticipate my words better, trying to make life easier for them so that this toxic situation will go away. We have exhausted our brain trying to stay ahead of the trouble to make things perfect. We work so hard to anticipate every potential problem before it happens so we can cut it off. What kind of mood will he be in when he gets home? What does he want for dinner? What if the kids are playing too loud? You know, Johnny has a soccer game tonight. Should I take him or ask him to? Will he be upset if I ask him? I want to have our friends over. Will he be okay with this? You know, how will he react to that? How will he behave when they're here? The kids have homework tonight. How will that go with him around? I need to go shopping. Will he and the kids be peaceful while I'm gone? On and on. Your head spins every single day, and this is not normal. To this day, four years out of my marriage, I still have a hard time grocery shopping in the evening. Even though my ex-husband 
moved out long ago, and my boys are actually even away at college. I still find myself panicked in the grocery store, hurrying so I can get home and monitor the environment. What issues are going on? Is he yelling at them? Is he blaming them, shaming them? Are they in tears on their floor? I've encountered so many traumatic events when I came home. My boys with their noses in the corner for long periods of time forgotten about by their father who's now playing video games in the room. They stand there with tears streaming down their cheeks, afraid to move. My seven-year-old son being lectured for an hour because he forgot to put his shoes away. Everyone in their individual rooms, angry, sad, hurt, confused. My 10-year-old son crying at the kitchen table where his father is making him eat a bowl of raw spinach that he won't even eat himself, standing over him like a monster, all because his father is convinced that his son's eating habits are unhealthy. So he towers over him, insisting and threatening. My 13-year-old son lying in his bed, refusing to talk for hours, finally asking me, why doesn't daddy like me? My 14-year-old son curled up in a ball in his closet with his stuffed animals saying, I hate myself. I never knew what I was coming home to. I might have left the home while it was peaceful, but I often returned to disasters. I could feel the tension as soon as I walked in. And those memories still are with me today. Watching him steal life's precious energy from our two beautiful boys traumatized me. My mind could not comprehend how he could treat our children, his own children, this way. The pain it caused in me was massive. While at times I felt that pain to my very core, at other times I felt like I was watching a show involving someone else's kids. Mentally I knew what was happening, but I just could no longer feel the pain. It was like I just didn't have any pain left to feel. The cognitive dissonance played out like this. My brain saw the pain, but my heart clung to the belief that he loved them. After all, they're his kids. My brain saw the glimpses of a good father every now and then, but my heart could not let go of all the pain he had caused. So the connection between my heart and my mind was badly severed. I just could not comprehend all that was going on. Now, you can't be disconnected when it comes to one thing, but connected for other things. It just doesn't work like that. When you lose the ability to feel, you lose it across the board. It isn't like I can disconnect for this pain at home, but connect back when I'm with friends. It isn't like plugging and unplugging appliances. The disconnection bleeds into all aspects of your life, all relationships and activities. Another way that this affects you is feelings work as a unit. You can't disconnect from the bad feelings and re reconnect only for the good ones. It's not like hot and cold faucets where you can turn one all the way off and one all the way on. It's not, you know, it's, it's more like one faucet that's either on or it's off. Feelings are either all on and working or they're all off. If you feel good feelings in life, then you're going to feel bad ones too, and vice versa. They work like that. They work together, and overall, it's truly a beautiful thing. You've heard me talk about the fog of covert narcissistic abuse, fear, obligation, and guilt. Living under these three things is intensely traumatic, and when it is within the home, it is daily 
unforgettable trauma. And the fog is definitely the right description. You can't see clearly. You can't think clearly. You can't feel clearly. You can't live clearly. Fear brings disconnect due to the pain of the past, fear of the future. Obligation brings a disconnect due to the helplessness and hopelessness. Guilt brings a disconnect due to shame and anticipated failure. None of these are good feelings to feel. They're strong, personal, and extremely overwhelming. And when they come from someone who we believe loves us and cares about us, then they hit a depth inside of you that is beyond words. So victims of covert narcissistic abuse lose themselves. You lose who you are completely. You are now walking through life as though you're living in someone else's body. Do you feel like that? I know I did, and I hear from people daily who are feeling that way. You don't know who you are, what you want, what you think, what you feel, or even how to live anymore. This is the ultimate disconnect. So how do we repair this disconnect? How do we fix this, this communication between our mind and our heart? How do we turn ourselves back on, so to speak? All that energy that you have been pouring into him or her to make things better or less hard for them, wearing your mind out. How do I say this? How do I word that? How can I explain this? How was he or she react? Worrying, fretting, overanalyzing, overthinking, overprepping. Take all of that energy that you've poured into them and it's time to pour it into you. You have left no room inside of you for you and it's time to change that. You know, guess what? They're going to be mad no matter what. Okay, whether you say it this way or say it that way, aren't they going to be mad either way? Then why are you worrying about it so much? Why keep focusing on them? They're going to be upset either way. So quit doing everything for them. Why waste that time and energy? It's time instead to put it into you. Say things how you want to say them. Do things how you want to do them. Be the person that you want to be. Function in a way that feels right to you. This is no longer about them. It is now about you. I want to give you some specific things that you can do to help reconnect that breakdown between your mind and your body or heart. It's a list, and if you start Googling, you will find it very easily. Ways to, to reconnect. Okay, exercise. Get out there. Take some time and exercise for you. Psychotherapy and counseling are amazing. Get into them. Journaling, writing about your thoughts and feelings. Make them known to you, putting them into your conscious awareness. How about grounding techniques? If you don't know what that is, look it up. Simple things like even putting your hand, you know, your hands in, in hot water or cold water, or even going back and forth, put them in hot water, put them in cold water. It reconnects your thoughts with your body. Touching the items near you, what do they feel like? Soft, hard, hot, cold, but doing this consciously. Savoring the food you're eating. Take time for you. Hold an ice cube in your hand while it melts. That definitely is a really, really good way. And if you experience flashbacks and you're going through that, that type of trauma, put an ice cube in your hand. It will reconnect you back to the present moment. There are mindfulness practices that you also can do. Use your five senses. This one's a powerful one and I love it. And it's so simple. Name five things that you see around you right now. Four things that you can feel or touch around you and do it. 
Three things that you hear. Close your eyes. What do you hear? Two things that you can smell. One thing that you can taste. And this can be done anywhere, which is part of the beauty of it. How about a mindfulness walk where you notice how your body feels with each step? Take your time paying close attention to the physical sensations throughout your body. Walking barefoot outside is also especially helpful. And how about some conscious slow breathing? Close your eyes. Breathe in and out. Count to 10 if you want. It's okay. But it helps you to relax and aids in, in just clearing the processing of thoughts and emotions. I hope that you find these tips helpful. We're going to explore them more in future episodes. Today, I just wanted to give them to you so that you have them. Go back and listen to them again. Write them down. Make a list. Reconnecting your mind and body takes time and effort. It is an amazing journey, though. Finding you again, the genuine you, after narcissistic abuse is so incredibly empowering and fulfilling. If you need some extra support, like I mentioned, come find that closed Facebook group. You will find so many amazing people just like you who are on this journey with you. You won't feel so alone anymore. It's why I started the group in the first place, because I was so alone. Also, you can sign up for individual sessions with me at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are CNG, like Covert Narcissism Group, lifecoaching.com. I am offering one-on-one -on -one Zoom sessions right now for only $99 an hour through the end of December. So come find me. I look forward to hearing from you. I would love to talk to you. I wish you so much peace on this journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to visit our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you can find many resources that are available just for you to gain more clarity and understanding. You're also welcome to email me at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, -E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I look forward to hearing from you.